LSU cleaned house today. And as in cleaned house, I mean, Matt House is no longer the defensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers. David Randall coming back after he gets fired at Baylor. Please. <laughs> David Randall, please. Please come back. You know what? It's been a long time since we've heard Nick. It has been and a it's, long time. And it's, 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 so, it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. You know what also is refreshing? What? JTC's in the booth. JTC. Back applause. in the booth. Applause. 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 He took a, a, a week of... Um, Mental health. Mental health of, uh, uh, what is, uh, he took a week of bereavement for his loss. His, the Dukes did lose. To be very fair, JMU finished with a better record than both LSU and West Virginia. 100%. So. And did I want to face him during the regular season? Absolutely not. Ooh, jinx. Uh, both of us get us get a uh, D-Generation X. From, crotch chop. Crotch chop you, from You J. can say crotch chop. Okay. I mean, I um, feel like we could say... Yeah, we could, but I mean, that's not like. Oh, for those of you who know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah. If you don't know, ah. Um, we've got four games to talk about tonight. Recap. Uh, recap. Um, we're going to obviously talk about the CFP semis, and we will bring you the preview episode on Saturday. Um, but for the time being. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. My name's Cole Connor. I'm Owen Spelling. And you're listening to The Panther Pod. All right. Let's go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. Hey, Jay. Quick question for the man in, in the booth. What is that thing that you're always saying about Virginia? Virginia's... What is Virginia for? I hate you. Jay, what is fin- finish the sentence. What is what is Virginia known for? What is what is Virginia for? I hate you. All righty then. Well, Virginia is for champi- ch- ch- champions. Champions. Yeah, champions. Champions is what you normally say. Um, not this year. Not this year. Well, they're Virginia Tech. But let's be real, none of us are happy about that one. Nope. Um, the Oregon Ducks, somewhat predictably, beat the Liberty Flames. Yeah. I will say, Liberty started off strong, getting that first touchdown, and then like going into the second quarter, they were leading Oregon 6-3. to so, I mean, things were looking up for the Flames. And then Oregon pitched a uh, complete game shutout after the first quarter. Um, Liberty missed a <laughs> Liberty missed a PAT, um, so the final score ended up being forty-five to six. Oregon scored twenty-eight points in the second quarter mm-hmm. after scoring three in the first. Yeah, they scored twenty-eight, four tutties in the second quarter. Uh, Bo Nix threw for five touchdowns. Uh, let me get his entire stats here. 28 for 35, 363 yards to the air, and five touchdowns. Rookie numbers. Got to bump those up. Come on. Dog. <laughs> Dog. Obviously, he showed us why he was a high, why he was a Heisman favorite. Yeah, but Jane Daniels won it. Um, Bucky Irving, 14 attempts for 117 yards and one touchdown on the day for him. 
Caden Salter, uh, 15 for 24, 126 yards through the air, one touchdown, one interception for the Flames. Uh, and then Quentin Cooley, eight attempts, 79 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, long of 41, though, on the day for him. Plain and simple, Liberty was outmatched, outplayed. What? They were – They uh, both both lines of scrimmage were outweighed. What? It, it, it was a bad day. It, it was, was a, a bad day to be a flame. Yeah. The the, the uh, uh, Oregon, Oregon – Blew out the candle on that one. Uh, time of possession, Oregon had 30. <laughs> Turn out the lights. The party. Okay. Um, Oregon had the ball for 35 minutes and 15 seconds. Liberty had it for 24-45. Shockingly enough, both teams had 10 drives. Uh, Oregon, however, was able to run more plays. Uh, outgained the Flames by 300 yards. Uh, and had 8.2 yards per play versus Liberty's 5.7. Oregon passed the ball for 401 total yards and ran the ball for 183. Rookie numbers got to bump those up. Come on, come on, Oregon. Oregon showed why they were as dominant as they were all season long. Granted, if if one game would have gone in their favor in the Pac-12 championship – they would be playing Michigan right now. It's a possibility. Ah, uh, we'll see. I, you can debate Oregon, Texas, all you want, but yeah. um, I I do think that Oregon was a playoff caliber team. Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. Um, and Liberty was outmatched in the Fiesta Bowl. They were, and uh, and part of it is too. Um, a one group of five is always guaranteed a, uh, a New Year's Six mm-hmm. bowl game. And Liberty so happened to be the best. I, I, I genuinely believe they were the best group of five. Well, yes. aside from JMU, I genuinely believe they were the best group of five. Uh, oh, applause, oh, applause, applause. Applause for JMU. Um, however, no bias there whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> none whatsoever. Absolutely not. Uh, Caden Salter has entered the transfer portal. Uh, I would be on the lookout for him at Hugh, him to go to Auburn to meet up with his old coach Hugh Freeze. I hope not. I think that's exactly where that's going. And possibly. Hey, speaking maybe of transfers, he co- maybe he comes to LSU. Mm, no, no, not a good fit. Not a good fit. Um, speaking of transfers, Gus Malzahn picks up KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. KJ Jefferson is now a knight at UCF. You have fun with that in the Big Twelve. They're 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 coming to Morgantown next year. You have fun with that. Um, Gus Malzahn, I have said time and time again, is probably one of the most underrated head coaches Absolutely. in college football. Um, that I, is terrifying. It is one hundred percent terrifying. And the reason that UCF like UCF went six and six this year. Which is better than any of the other team, any of the other new first coming. year yeah, teams. They were the only bowl eligible team coming from uh, a group of five, two or independent. Um, so UCF uh, is now a floor school, uh, or they've always been a floor school, but they are, they are a power five floor school. They are in Orlando and have boo koodles of NIL money. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, is UCF going to be dominant in the Big 12 for years to come? Who knows? It, it's, it is a possibility, 
very not very remote, but still a remote possibility. A remote possibility. We have not gotten into the off season yet. We know of a few transfers um, and people leaving it and exiting the transfer portal. Um, but right now, it's it's still way too early in the off season to actually get predictions yeah. as far as going into next year. Man, we got really off track from talking about the Fiesta Bowl. I know. Um, yeah. Anyways, Oregon, we're one and zero. Oregon went uh, for, uh, beat beat Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl, forty five to six. Oregon are your Fiesta Bowl champions. No, 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 no. I think what you're looking for is uh, it's it's like uh, go. Go 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 blue. Yeah. Shout out Andrew Moss, by the way. Yeah, shout out Moss. Even though we cannot stand Michigan on this podcast. But you know what? I can stand Michigan just a little bit le- I, I I stand I can't stand Alabama more than I can't stand Michigan. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. Michigan wins in probably one of the best Rose Bowls in this generation, twenty seven to twenty in overtime. Um, very tight, very ugly game. It was a, it was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that kept going through my mind over and over and over again is, man, Michigan beat the crap out of Alabama, and the score does not reflect it. When's the last time that we can say Alabama literally got the crap beat out of them? Well, I mean, you look. In the first half, I think I want to say it was like um, five or six sacks in the first half alone on Jalen Milrow. Like Michigan's defensive line did not come to play. I'm actually going to take a look at that. Jalen Milrow was 16 for 23, 116 yards, no touchdowns, and no interceptions. He got also sacked six times. Got sacked six times, uh, and that was one of the things we talked about last week. Or uh, yeah, last week. One of the things we talked about was Jalen Milrose, um, or not Jalen Milrose, Alabama's offensive line and how poorly they had played this year. Jalen Milrose was able to rush for 21, 21 times for 63 yards, uh, and he did fumble the ball. He did have a turnover in that regard. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, 17 for 27 through the air, 221 yards passing, and three touchdowns on the day. Have yourself a Rose Bowl, my guy. Uh, Blake Corum, 19 attempts, 83 yards uh, on the ground, and one touchdown for himself. Um, Michigan missed a PAT in the second quarter. Um, I think everyone kind of had the sigh of frustration on the first drive of the game when they had the uh, muffed kick return. Yeah. It was like, oh, God, Bama's going to blow them out and show why. Because, like, even as an SEC fan and an LSU fan, you you get frustrated when you're like, ah, this is going to be a long game to watch. And then Michigan responds in perfect fashion, uh, marches down the field 80 yards to uh, return fire and score, keep it 7-7 uh, at the end of the first quarter. Um this was a very defensive game, and Michigan showed up to play. Yes. Like, the final score does not reflect how badly Alabama got dominated in this game. And, and two, it was not 
a clean game. I'm trying to find penalty yards here. Uh, uh, matchup, I think. I think it is in matchup, or it's in it's in the recap here. Um, it was not a clean game for either team. There was a lot of laundry being thrown on the field. Now, mind you, it was not the amount. Of, it was not 18 penalties for 210 yards at Kansas. Right. Um, but it was not a clean. Ga- it was not a clean game, which is surprising considering it's Alabama and Michigan, mm-hmm. a Nick Saban led Alabama, mm-hmm. and a John, Jim, not John, Jim, a Jim Harbaugh, Jack Harbaugh, older Jim Harbaugh, 100. percent he, he looks like Jim Harbaugh. Carbon copy. Old, yeah. Yeah, carbon copy. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh uh, in a Jim Harbaugh-led Michigan. But sometimes it happens in those big moments. You know, these are these are college kids, eight. you know, 17 to 22-year-olds. Maybe 25 if you're, I guess, lucky enough, you know, spend seven years in the league. Or uh, not seven years in the league, seven years in uh, in college. Um. But, you know, when the lights shine bright, they really can burn some people out. So, you know, it, it, it was nice to see Michigan win, but also it was – I think it was also refreshing to see that two blue bloods were f- liter- both literally and figuratively fumbling the ball. Uh, Bama had three penalties for 15 yards, and Michigan had two penalties for 25 yards. Okay, so not – Massive amount of penalties, but definitely not something that was well executed by either team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hey, we're two and zero going into this one, but uh, Alabama season done over with. They're looking, to, they're looking to twenty twenty four for Nick Saban over the off uh, off season. You've got to really pick up something with offensive linemen. I think defense fine. Honestly, Jalen Milrow, fine. I think Jalen Milrow is going to be fine for them. Yeah, he's not going to be a Bryce Young. Yeah. He's not going to be a Mac Jones or a Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts or Tua. The amount of good quarterbacks that came out of the University of Alabama, man, and back to back, all in the same quarterback room too. Yeah. Back to back to back. It's like Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Think about Oklahoma. How many quarterbacks came out of Oklahoma as well? Baker, Jalen, Kyler, just to name a few. Yeah, Kyler. Sam Bradford. Yeah, I mean. That's that's going a little old school. That whether Jane Daniels, Joe Burrow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Miles Brennan, <laughs> Max Johnson for Heisman, baby. Oh my gosh. Um, no, uh, good game for Michigan. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll, it's going. We're going to talk about it um, on our preview episode a little bit. Uh, well, actually, that's all we're going to talk about on our preview episode. But it's going to be a great matchup <coughs> in the CFP. Uh, Michigan are your 2024? 2023. 2024. How does that? Yeah, okay. I was about to say, how does that work? Uh, Michigan is your 2024 Rose Bowl champions. Very nice. And now to the other semifinal. In. Hey, Cole. Real quick. Being a quick. Horns down. Horns down in an absolute shootout of a game. Washington comes out on top, 37-31. to 31. I stayed up late to watch this one, Cole. Made me a little nervous right there at the end. Mm-hmm. Texas scoring 10 in the fourth quarter. Very scary. Um, looking at stats here, Michael Penix Jr., 29 for 38, 
430 yards through the air. Good God. Two touchdowns as well. Uh, Dylan Johnson, he had, I'm trying to pull it up here, sorry. Uh, Dylan Johnson had 21 attempts, 49 yards, and two touchdowns for him. Um, It was a very well-executed game for the Huskies. Um, They showed that they are the better team through the air. Quinn Ewers, however, 24 for 43, 318 yards and one touchdown for him. Uh, Baxter had nine attempts, 64 yards and a touchdown, and Blue uh, also had nine attempts for 59 yards and a touchdown as well. It felt like anything that Michael Penix threw in this game, it was going to be catched. Yes. it was Or catched. It was going to be caught. Yeah. Okay. Everything, it was like his ball placement is just oh, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Which, and I, I know that left-handed quarterbacks get a lot of hate, uh, especially when you're making the jump from college to the NFL, just because the ball spiral is so weird there. But, man, lefties just – they have probably the best spiral. They have – Pat White. Yeah. Yeah. Pat White, Steve Young, uh, Vic, um, just to name a few. Isn't it wild that, like, how the ball – how the spiral of the ball changes when you're switching from left hand to right hand? Yeah, because if you throw a right hand, it spirals in bounds, and if you throw it left, it spirals out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, no, good win for the Huskies. Uh, looking at team stats here, Washington had the ball for 36 minutes, 20 seconds. Texas had it for 23, uh, horns down. Horns Texas down. had it for 23 minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, Texas had one more drive, ran one more play. Washington had 532 total yards. Texas had 498. I tell you what, watching this game, it was back and forth constantly. Washington would score, then Texas would True score. True shooting. Washington would score, Texas would score. I mean, it was just constantly back and forth. Washington was able to hold, pitch the shutout in the third quarter and was able to jump in the lead by 10. And then Texas scores 10 to make it a, a one-score game. And then... Washington gets the ball. It appears that the game is over. All Washington has to do is run the clock out, mm-hmm. and then tragedy strikes. Dylan Johnson goes down with a severe lower body injury. Don't know if he'll be out for the for the. Uh, do not. Uh, don't know if he'll be out for the uh, national championship game. But uh, Dylan Johnson goes down, and then it gives Texas life. Life. What ha- what ends up happening becomes fourth down. They were not uh, Washington was not able to get the first down. Washington then has to punt the ball. Well, then when they punt the ball, they get a catch interference call. They run into the punt. They run into the uh, into the punt into the receiver. That back that puts Texas on the thirty five. Then. Texas drives the length of the field with one second left. Texas had the opportunity to win the game. Quinn Ewers takes the snap, looks around, throws the ball to the edge of the end zone, and boom, batted away. Washington wins the game at 1 (laughs) a.m. Eastern time. Eastern time. Still down in New Orleans. It was uh, 12. It was 12 o'clock. Must be nice. Could use that extra hour of sleep. Um, 
But Texas loses the game. Washington ends up winning the game 37-31. And for, um, and for the first time since 2014, Washington makes a playoff appearance, and they get to go to the national championship game in Houston. Washington are your 2024 Sugar Bowl champions. Absolutely amazing. What a week that we had. Oh, or, or two a of New the Year's Day best semifinal, semifinal games. What a of way all time. to to uh send the 14 playoff into a, you know, into a sunset. Granted there was some debate about Florida State being in. Not anymore. No, here's what I will say. Here, there is a debate. However, I will not. I, I, I am. I will not be on my soapbox that Florida State got host. We've been over this. I'm not going to discuss Georgia it anymore. Georgia was the host. Georgia was the host. However, it was Georgia starters and second string that played against Florida State's third string in that Orange Bowl. Okay, had that for I now I agree with you. If you're looking for TV ratings and a really good game. We would not have gotten that with the Florida State with the version of the Florida State team that we got in the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that number one that would not have been the version of the Florida State team we got in nope. the playoff in the playoffs. Absolutely not, because nobody would have opted out. Nope. Uh, Tate Rod- uh, Tate Rodemaker maybe would have postponed entering the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So I think Florida State would have had a little bit more of a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Florida State was a terrible team at the Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. okay? It was not fair to them. It was not fair to the program. Here's what I'll say. It was not fair to the program that 27 of their athletes opted out or entered the transfer portal, okay? It's not fair, and it's tough. And when you're going to go play against Georgia's starters and second string, I mean, they showed that they are still the top program in college football. Yeah. 63 to 3, that's two years in a row that you've beaten a team by almost by 60 points or more. Yeah. Two. And I, I'm, I'm not going to lie in front of our fans. We have been going back and forth about Florida State for ever since they You are been. just salty because they beat you at the beginning of the year. That's the only reason we're going back and forth on yes. this. Uh, I am very salty. I, I, yeah, I'll take that. Um, got a salty from the booth. Um, here is what I'll say as far as Florida State and Georgia are concerned. If you want the best program overall, the best mentality going into that game, I understand that Florida State did not get the result that they wanted to when it came to playoffs. I I get it. Um, you put a Florida State team in the playoffs who does or does not deserve it, you probably have a similar result to what we saw. Just because the gut punch of the Jordan Travis injury, of the amount of players who were entering the transfer portal, or the amount of... Like, Florida State's suing the ACC right now, and no one is talking about it. It, it makes no sense why they're suing the ACC. It makes – like, that they're not the ones who said, who kept you out of the playoff. No. That that genuinely makes no sense to me. Um, when it comes to overall team mentality 
and the complete and total, like, if you ask me who I would rather play for, I'm going Georgia every single time. Because you look at the Orange Bowl, and as you said, Florida State had 27 players sit out of their bowl game. You gave Jane Daniels so much crap for sitting out of the ReliQuest Bowl. Florida State just did that times 27. Yes, absolutely. You walked into that game with a shot to prove that you are relevant and you deserved a fourth spot. Regardless of ACC champion, regardless 13-0, and 0, regardless of everything, on a national stage, you have the opportunity to have a competitive football game against the number one team in the nation. Now it's Michigan, but let's be very real about that. Georgia did not lose a football game for two years until two Saturdays ago. About a month ago, about a month about, ago. Yeah, about a month ago at this point. Um, and you had 27 starters sit out or transfer. That is not team mentality. It's not. And, and But every team, almost every team in yeah. college football is like that now. Yeah. If and it's not a playoff game. it. And here, here's what is interesting to me too, Cole, is during the BCS era when only two teams – Mm-hmm. That was it. Only two teams got to go play for a national title. Was it unheard? I mean, the 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 term opting out of a bowl game or opt or bowl opt outs did not exist. You did not opt out of no. bowl games. So why is it that you add two more playoff games? You add two more teams, and bowl games become irrelevant. It makes no sense to me. You just added. Two more. You added two more games and two more teams to the, to the to the equation, and now bowl games are irrelevant. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I will defend Jane Daniels' decision until the day I die, which I know that that is, and I, I'm a man enough to admit that that is very biased to me. And and here's why I'll say, too. Sometimes it doesn't always work out. Will Greer was a fourth uh, was a um, Fourth place finish in the Heisman voting mm-hmm. in the 2018 season and opted out of the bowl game. Do you want to know where he was? Dra- he was projected to be a first round draft pick. He was he, drafted in the third round. Drafted in the third round, 100th and 100th, 100th overall pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Opting out to me does not help your draft stock. In the age of, and I know that we still have one more game to talk about. But, We're saving it for the end. Best yeah. for last. Best for last. In the age of NIL, when you are making God knows how much money in college already, to me, opting out of the bowl game does not entirely make sense. Now, here's where I'm going to contradict myself. You will make so much more money in the NFL if your draft stock is high enough. In the case of Will Greer, let's use that for instance, where he was projected as a round one pick, to me that makes sense. If you have 27 players who are not projected 
to go round one sit out, that's where your program has an issue. But it's also it, it is. It, but I think it's also build. It's also it's also build as playoff or nothing. Yeah. And that's the issue. Like it's still the Orange Bowl. It's still mm-hmm. a New Year's Six Bowl. And it, I understand that the twenty-seven isn't just for draft stock. They also did have a transfer portal, for instance, as well. And that's another. That's an entirely different subject for me. Um, I agree with you. I think that opting out at that scale is not good. It's not good at all because you're essentially saying, oh, these bowl games mean absolutely nothing. We should be playing for the natty. Not every team can play for the natty. Well, but also think about this as well is like he, he Mike Norvell was playing with his practice squad essentially against one of the top teams, if not the top team mm-hmm. in all of college football. Mm-hmm. How do you compete against that? How does anybody compete against that? It's not so like the excuse that oh we saw we saw Florida State's result in the in the Orange Bowl. Obviously, they shouldn't have gotten in. No, they should have because they went thirteen and zero, won their Power Five conference champion. Yes, they had injuries, but it's part of football. It's part of the game. You cannot penalize them for that. They you cannot penalize them for that. It is all about. In, in this day and age, I disagree with this wholeheartedly because I think we should have a playoff where every single conference champion should go play for a national title. Yeah, and that's why we're going to a 12 team. But it's not going to be that way. They're not. They're not putting in. They're not putting in a, a Liberty to play for a. To play, they will not put in the MAC champion for. Uh, they will not put in the MAC champion for the 12 team playoff. They're not going to. It's not going to be the way it should be with. Ten all ten conference champions, and then two, uh, two uh, eleven and twelve be like a, a second place SEC team and a second place Big Ten team or a second no, place Power it, Five. It, you know, I agree with you. It should be set up to where the conference championship does matter. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I think it does matter to a lot of programs, but. It's going back to the same argument that we always have on this is if I want to sit and watch and it's it's all hypothetical as well. Like that's the thing. We don't know what Florida State could have done in the playoffs we because have no idea. ultimately they didn't make it. Yeah. We don't know we know what TCU did last year. We did. We know what Cincinnati did a few years ago. We do. And we know what Washington did mm-hmm. in the first round of the CFP era. But you know that is the. But, uh, and I understand. I get it. That is very small examples. Well, no, I'm going to say that's football, though. That's that that happens from time to time. How that's going to happen in the NFL? Yeah. That's no, you're going to have blowouts, but at the end of the day, if it is the CFPs job to put the best teams in you want the Washington Texas matchup because that game was one of the best games of all time if you're a TV provider yeah not if you're a college no, no. football aficionado I 
I get what you are saying. I understand, and it makes sense. I get it that it is it is about TV nowadays, but it 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 also is about football. Putting in like why play the games? Why play the games if at the end of the season ESPN is just going to pick the blue blood anyway? Why is it, and Florida State is a blue blood? I'll give them that. Yeah, but why pick the team? That makes you the most. Why pick the team? Why that you have a four-team playoff when you have five Power Five conferences? I agreed, agreed. It was why, a flawed system have, to start. It was a flawed system to start with. It was a flawed system to start with. Why have a? You know that you have five Power Five conferences. Why have a four-team playoff to begin with? Here's agreed. what I'll say: It's going to twelve next year. I understand that that does not change anything for the past few years yeah let's see what happens i guarantee you what's going to happen is regardless of conference championship regardless of anything your power five conference champions will get in they already have they already have auto bids for that and then after that they are going to probably put the best remaining not group of fives not anything like that and if that's the case shame on them the way it stands right now is they get six auto bids. So all Power Five conference championship, uh, all Power Five. Well, let's think about this though. Yeah, because it's going to Power Four next year. Because they're yeah. So it's going to be. It's probably going to be the best. All right, it's going to be your uh, four conference champions and your best independent. It means Notre Dame. It means Could, that's it, an auto. That is an auto bid for. Mm. It could it could be an auto bid for Notre Dame. It could be an auto bid for Notre Dame, but it also could be. Um, I just realized I'm I'm so sorry for it, it. It could be Notre Dame. It God, could I be. Hope not. It could be a year like this year. I don't think it would be because they were only. No, right. they did get to ten wins, but yeah. they were nine and three. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It all depends on how conference champions work yeah. out. Um, but it very. But I know one group of at least one group of five will get an auto bid. Maybe two now. Maybe a Sun Belt and a Mountain West or a Sun Belt and the AAC. One of those maybe. If could. it just like auto rotates per year. If it auto rotates, yeah. Um, but here's the thing too: is they don't know what's going to happen past 2026. Yeah. 2024, we get. The twelve team playoff for the uh, January of twenty twenty five, yeah, and then January of twenty twenty six we get a twelve team playoff. After that, we don't have anything. Nothing's been agreed to. Nothing's been written in stone. I think that if the twelve team playoff works out um, next year in college football, obviously we'll see that more. They might expand to sixteen. Yeah. No, I'd hate for it to expand to sixteen. It would just—it would be so much. It would be so much, and at that point, you'd have to get rid of bowl season. I don't want—I don't want to get rid of bowl season. Yeah, I really—I I really enjoy it, but that's because that's one of the things that make that that makes college football college football. But here's what what I could also say too is it could get rid of a few bowl games, and kind of you know if you decrease the number of something, you increase the value. Yeah. So maybe. This kind of helps bowl season along. I don't know, um, but but we'll see. The twelve team playoff is coming next year. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe the 
maybe another split is happening like what we saw in the 70s when we got Division 1A and Division 1 AA, FCS and FBS. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Last game, Cole. <sighs> it was 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. I was at Fleetwood Homes in Rocky Mount, Virginia. I did not watch this game. I watched the highlights after, and man, oh man, was I upset. For those of you who did not catch on earlier, LSU's entire defensive staff was let go today. Every single one of them. Alex Grinch to Baton Rouge. Oh, God. <laughs> Turn LSU into, West, uh, into USC, baby. <laughs> um, 14-0 Wisconsin first quarter. 14-14 LSU comes back. 21-14 Wisconsin going into half. 21-28. 31-28. 35-31. LSU wins the ReliaQuest Bowl, baby. (sighs) I'm so... So glad that LSU won this game. This is honestly a game LSU should not have won. The defense showed up, did not. It was not LSU's defense. It was a mirage of players out on the field. Um, LSU looked soft defensively all game long. Um, Tell you one person who did not look half bad, the Nussbus himself, Garrett Nussmeyer, 31 for 45, 395 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. That's something I can live with. You know um, how I've been saying all season long that if we had a secondary and a halfway decent running back, we would win the natty? Guess who our halfway decent running back was? Harold Perkins Jr., baby. Big boy touchdown. Opening up the scoring for LSU. Uh, One attempt, one yard, one tutty. (sighs) God, it feels good. Caleb Jackson for the Tigers. Two attempts, 15 yards, and a tutty as well. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. Um, Malik Neighbors did play. He didn't find the end zone. But he did become the... uh, Best statistic, according to statistics, Malik Neighbors is the best wide receiver in LSU history. Let me just rattle off a few names for you here. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Malik Neighbors is better than all of them. We saw him live and in person. We saw him live and in person the season that he broke 3,000 receiving yards as a Tiger. Brian Thomas Jr. uh, led the the team in yards and touchdowns, eight receptions, 98 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Uh, Chris Hilton Jr., three receptions, 56 yards and a touchdown as well for him. Um defensively 
again, soft as dirt. We did have five sacks on the game, but our secondary got cut up like Swiss cheese. Um, Tanner Mordecai looked like the second coming of Brett Favre. I think I texted you that on Monday. Uh, 27 for 40, 378 yards through the air, three tutties on the day. Uh, Jordan Acker, uh, sorry, Jackson Acker for the Badgers, 14, uh, 14 attempts, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Um, this was a nail-biter of a game up until LSU scored in the fourth quarter. Um, Wisconsin had the ball for longer. We had one more drive. They ran four more plays. They uh, had 506 total yards. LSU had 492. Big 12? No defense? LSU to the Big 12? And a shocking... (laughs) <laughs> we fit right in this season. Yep. Um, I'm excited to see what the future holds now that Matt House uh, is not our defensive coordinator. Uh, Brian Kelly made the correct decision there, I feel like, and I feel like all Tiger fans are right there with me. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We don't really have the budget for a splash hire as a defensive coordinator. We're probably going to have to – figure something out as far as promoting from within um, or at least bringing someone on at the cheap who we could develop. Mm -hmm. Um, It is going to be interesting next year to see what LSU's defensive mentality is. Um, As soon as they announce a hire there, um, we will be sure to bring it to you. Um, Yeah. Good win. Um, Nussmeyer, I feel like, could be the guy, maybe, if he has a good enough offseason. But Brian Kelly has said time and time again he is not naming a starter uh, for next season. So right now, as it stands, we are looking at a quarterback competition between uh, Nussmeyer and A.J. Swan. Um, We'll see. I think – all in all, you can't be, you cannot be more excited about a team who won by four against a team that they should have blown out. Like let let's be let's be really honest there. Wisconsin's offense was not nearly as productive as it was um, a few years ago. Been. LSU's defense allowed them to look dominant. Like if you would have told me this Wisconsin team was seven and five going into this team, going into this game, that would have shocked me. You need Iowa's defensive coordinator. <sighs> God, we need to get back. Uh, <laughs> we need to hire Matt Nagy um, from the Chicago Bears. Huh? Be maybe, a good fit, maybe, maybe. Uh, Dave Aranda, please come back. Um, Um, no, it was, it was a good win. Um, we did have the one lone interception, um, but Wisconsin had a fumble, so we were able to balance out the books there. Um, just 
honestly, with a new defensive staff, I'm excited to see what next season brings. I'm sure Brian Kelly has something in mind. Maybe he hires Marcus Freeman. Um, no. Absolutely not. No. Notre Dame's not letting that man walk. No. Um, we'll see. Uh, it's truly up in the air, depending on how much money LSU can scratch together to pay for a defensive staff. That was said at, like, day one this season is LSU coaching does not have – or the uh, athletic pool does not have enough money uh, to get a decent defensive staff. So, we'll see. All gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. LSU, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, what? USC? What? Alex Grinch. <laughs> oh, God, please no. Please no. Oh, goodness. But, Cole, this is our third to last episode. We got two more, bud. We got two more, and then we're we're done till July. That's sad. It is sad. But until then, we're having a great time here on the Panther Pod. I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening to the Panther Pod.